Shrink them, jungles of fever. Though times were teeter, duck was still thugging with Skeeter. Mexican Keisha with a side of Greek. I sell a little salt on my Peter. Pick of the people. No litter, no leisure. Manifest all of my demons. Face them and beat them. Can't speak no evil. Tweet them. Frequency reader. Vab your demeanor. Come on, your creature. You ain't that guy. You the feature. Man of a meters. Seem like these steppers be stepping on all of they people. Brother, my keeper. They took them from me. Now you tell me who got love for me. Yeah. Loan me an arm and a leg, nigga. I'm good for you know I'm good for it. You wanna hear this a hood story? Now tell me what gets your blood flowing. Hey y'all, what's up with it? It's me, it's your girl Neek, your lovely host with the most, and we about to get real deep on tonight's podcast interview with the one and only Gary's own musical artist, Dre Baker. Dre Baker in the building, everybody. What's up, what's up, everybody? Yeah, what's good, man? How you feeling tonight? I'm all good, I'm all good. Just uh, ready to get into this interview. I'm real excited about getting into it. I appreciate you having me. Yes, I'm super excited to introduce you to some, you know, and some of your projects to some of the listeners tonight. So let's go ahead and get it. Right on. So first, I, of course, have to ask you, being from um, Gary, Indiana and all, uh, how was it for you growing up in Gary, Indiana? Um, Growing up in Gary, uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a complex answer when you um, talking about, you know, growing up in the hood different things you had to encounter. I like to explain it a couple of different ways. So in the first way, I would say that um, it takes a village to raise a child. So mm-hmm. you know, no matter what happened in the hood, no matter what went on, you had a bunch of moms, you know, you had a bunch of aunties, you had a bunch of cousins, you know, it wasn't blood, but you know, you still had a family around you to kind of, you know, gate you in and, and make you feel at home so that, you know, anywhere you at, somebody can know, they know your mama phone number, they're going to call your mama. You know what I mean? Right. So, to me, um, that helped me a lot with uh, feeling a sense of community. But within that, you know, you did have your bad times and, you know, your shootouts and, you know, you done seen, you know, people young as 10 years old seeing dead bodies and things like that. But um, at the end of the day, um, I would say that that helped mold me as far as my, you know, my wits, my reactions, you know, certain street smarts and things like that, that I, that I kind of obtained and, you know, just things that happen in the world, you know, they, people shoot up grocery stores, people do things in movie theaters. Right. So, and I got kids, so I got to coach them through that without them being in the hood. And that's, that's <laughs> a major thing for me too. Just me trying to um have, uh, teach my children street smarts without putting them in the streets. If you feel what I'm saying. Right, right, right. That's a good, that's, that's a great way to explain it the way that you did. And you said it was a couple different ways on explaining how it was for you growing up in the hood. And I do like to ask a lot of people that because my platform is about going deep. So, you know, everybody has their own perspective or their own experiences. Right, right. Up. So definitely you said that you, um, that it helped to mold you. And you already basically answered uh, my next question, which was like how you, what you have in children do you see like how it affected you in your fatherhood and you most definitely said how, you know, it does help you to groom them on both sides of the fence. Yeah. I mean, I can expound on that a little more too, just because, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's major for me as far as raising my children and 
putting them in the right mindset and talking to them every day, caring about their feelings. Um, not to say that we was raised wrong, you know, we was right. raised, you know, militant, you know, it was, it was more, you know, I, you do what I say, you know, mm -hmm. no explanations, you know, it was, it was a lot, a lot less talking, more demanding, more dictating, you know what I mean? And not to say that you don't have to be stern, but I like to talk to my kids and walk them through situations. So some, uh, one example of some that I would do as opposed to them being in the hood would be like, you know, we watch movies all the time. We got movie nights every week. So when we come for the movie night, you know, something might happen on a movie to where a police officer is bad or a pastor is bad or somebody's doing something weird. So I got to pause the movie and I let them know like, Hey, this, this actually happens in real life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta walk them through that because you know, if you don't, if they not experiencing it, they won't know how to react. So they gonna exactly. think everybody's a good person. They gonna walk up to people as if everybody's kind. Somebody offered them candy, they gonna get in the car. You know, I know that's cliche, but you know, that's right, what people right. do. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's major for me. So just, um, me knowing that that experience helped me so much, I try to instill as much of that as I can without putting them in danger. Cause it was, for me, it was just the danger that made me learn. You know what I mean? It was unfortunate, but at the end of the day, like I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. And everything is a lifelong lesson. <laughs> you sound like me over here with my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what side of the G did you grow? Cause we getting too deep too quick. So let me slow it down. What side of the G did you grow up on? I grew up on the east side of Gary, uh, 25th, call it the quarter. Okay, okay. So you know the difference in the size on both sides of Broadway, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I did um, I did a few tracks. Like, if you ever hear me talk about the border or uh, Mexico, you know, that's mm -hmm. me referring to Broadway. Um, okay. And, you know, just us coming up, you know, was that that was a div divider, you know, right. Broadway's east side, west side. So, you know, which side of Broadway you on, it just depends on what hood or, you know, where you claiming you're from. Definitely right. Growing up in the hood of G, we, we were definitely more territorial than anything. Mm -hmm. So what do you remember the most from your childhood? Um, from my childhood, um, I mostly remember great things. Um, a lot of bad things did happen. Like I said, I mentioned shootout. I was just in the middle of certain things that had nothing to do with me, but I had to get out the way, you know, right. just little things like that. But the the major things was just the love, like the love my mama gave me, you know, my, my grandmother being around, you know, us being raised. We had a house. It wasn't a big house, but, you know, we had generations in the house. You know, it was great granny. Yeah. It was granny. You know, it was my mama. You know, we just it was a family there. And we had barbecues, everybody coming over. I can remember playing basketball all day, you know, to the, to the sun come up. You know, basically, we'd be out there nighttime, daytime, like whenever, you know, and then just the community field, the candy stores, just everything, you know, us right. being in school, you know, just, it was, it was just a nostalgic feel. Like everything I see nowadays, you know, it just seemed like everything's different. You know what I mean? Like more people <laughs> back then. And one other major thing is me, just people, me seeing people walking outside, man. Like, you know, people don't walk no more. You know, you don't see a bunch of people outside walking to the store and nothing like that. It's just not the same. The community feel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Walking everywhere. Walking to school, you know, just whatever we needed to do. We had to walk there or ride a bike. So, you know, back then, you know, you see you want to know where your homies at. It's a bunch of bikes in front of somebody's crib. You know what I'm right. saying? So, yeah. So that's 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 what I remember the most. Just the good times. You know, just me. Like, I, I keep mentioning my granny, like, rest in peace to my great granny, uh, Mary. She um she you know she's instilled a lot in us and you know she basically raised us from from children you know so um she was big mama in the house and you know all them generations was under her so we um took care of her until she passed away but yeah a lot of that i, I just remember everything vividly because 
to me, I had a great childhood and mm -hmm. that was important, just as important as the street smarts, just me knowing that I had a, a whole home to go to, even though, you know, I was, my mom was a single mom, me growing up, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, but I still had a home feeling, you know what I mean? It was just everything that I needed was around me. And, um, I mean, it did affect me in a certain sense, but, you mm -hmm. know, um, I guess, um, I didn't let it, you know, deter me from my path. Right, right. And from your successes. And I was going to ask that, too. You grew up in a two-parent household or a single-parent household. You you only grew up in a single-parent household? Yeah, I grew up in a single-parent household. My um, my pops, he got locked up when I was young. Um, and, you know, he was in and out of jail pretty much my whole life. So, um, my, I'm sorry? How was that for you? Your uh, it was... Age. Uh, at a young age, I would say that it didn't... How do I put it? Um... To me, back then, I was taught to be so strong-willed, and to me, my mom just kept preaching to me about, you know, not letting things like that bother me to where it didn't, I never thought about it. But as mm -hmm. I got older, I feel like it bothered me when I got older. Like me, right. just me growing up around, a lot of a lot of my friends got strong men in their family. They have their fathers, like they right. grew up in houses, even though they were divided, some of them, you know, their fathers were still in their lives. So mm -hmm. I had different dads in other households as well. And then I had a eventually I had a stepfather, but like my friends' dads, it just me looking at their situations that I would, then I would kind of recall like different memories where it was like, damn, I wish my, my dad would have did this with me. You know, right. I, I might be walking with, you know, my boy and his dad and then they like, oh, y'all look just alike. You know, I, I don't get that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I just, you know, it's just a lot of things that just, it kind of hit me as I was growing up. When right. I was younger, like I didn't think about that at all. Like I used to see kids cry about that and I never cursed. I never shed a tear. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When I got older, to me, it was like, damn, I wish I did have that, you know, just I wish I did know him in a certain way. But um, yeah, I don't, you know, we don't have a, a, a great relationship. You know, it's not no beef with me. You know, I don't, I'm not one of the hateful, spiteful type, but it does come out of my music. You know what I mean? You do hear certain lines and certain bars and when you do get deeper into my catalog, uh -huh. you will hear certain things about my father and things like that and certain, certain emotions I might have. But to right. me, it doesn't bother okay. me. I feel like it's more motivational. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is motivational. So, cause in this, especially because you're real transparent about it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's that's really good. So, I know I know that you mentioned that um, at a point in time, you went from or you transitioned from single parent household to getting a stepfather. So, how was it with the two parent household? Did you see a bit of a difference, or was it basically the same for you? Uh, it it was a difference. Um. Like, yeah, shout out to my pops. That's that's my stepfather. I call him my pops. Um, shout yeah. out to him, he major. Um, he was always around, like, even when I was young, like, he was, you know, they, him and my, my mom were dating, you know, mm. it was just, he was always around. But then when they got married and then they got a house built and we moved into that house, and you know, that's when I was in high school. Um, mm -hmm. I was living in a um, house that they built from the ground up, and um, okay, you know, it just taught me, um, uh, you know, family values, yeah, a lot of family values that I had was just off of the community feel like I told you before you know I got my grandmother my granny you know my mom like a lot of strong women um I had a, other strong men in the family but nobody took that father figure role you know what I mean so mm -hmm. I didn't my cousins I had I had close cousins that were like my brothers you know what I'm saying so I just I kind of learned things from them but yeah once I got in the house with a grown man that, that was going to work every day and I was taking care of the household paying the bills you know changing the tires showing me how to do things that men should do um it molded me in a certain way without 
you know, without us even really having to have too much of a father-son dialogue to where we're right. talking all the time. Like, not to say that we had so many deep conversations like that, but the times that we did talk, it was very key. You know, it was, it was phrases that I can remember to this day. You know, things yeah. like, you know, don't live beyond your means. You know, that's that's major within anything in any facet of life. You know, if you mm -hmm. live beyond your means, you're going you're gonna to spin out, you know, so... Um, to me, that that instilled in me. That's that's why I take care of my family how I do now. That's why I try to be be there in every aspect that I can. Because even even though I was raised right and I was brought up good, you know, I saw certain mistakes and certain flaws in that militant raising type thing. You know, just in that vein. So I wanted to adjust a few things, but I wouldn't change my upbringing mm -hmm. for nothing. Yeah, dope. So shout out to pops, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, and um, stepdaddies be winning. I I, I wanted to say that because I. <laughs> I remember I was young though. It's a couple years back, and my son was pretty young too then. But I used to always like I don't know how I feel about, and I it's crazy because I grew up with a stepdad. But I used to always say like I don't know how I feel about you know giving my son a stepdad and things like mm -hmm. that. I wanted him to have like the bond and the teachings and the support and the talks and all of that those things. Initial or original, you know, father, his biological father, but then. You know, with with of course, with me growing and and adulting more, I see like so. Definitely, I'm glad that you brought that to the forefront with how you, even though you guys didn't talk about those things, you were shown those things um, unconsciously. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Doing things, you know, and then now you were look, looking at those things and seeing like, okay, well, what? Okay, this this what is this how I go? This what I should be doing? This okay? You know, so that's real dope. Well, just to, um, I know you interviewing me. I wanted to kind of ask you a question on that, if you don't mind. Sure. Go ahead. Um, so um, how do you feel about that? Like, as far as, because I've always thought, like, what, you know, what decision did my mom have to make in order to bring, you know, another man around me? You know what I mean? So in order to trust him to raise me or trust him to be right. around me and, you know, instill certain things in me. So how, how is, how do you consciously make a decision like that? Or is it just a feeling? Man, it's, it's all the above. Um, I think that with me being a very in tune person, I'm in tune. When you first of all, when you get in tune with yourself, that helps to be in tune with the rest of the world around you. You know what I'm saying? Now you get, sure. you get people, you get life. But um, I definitely take accountability um for who I'm choosing and um the time that they spend around me because like the it's I do believe in the energy that you keep in your home, like how you stay with your home and your household. It's the energy that you keep in your home. I know you ever heard people say things like, I don't want to go home, or they don't like being at home, and the energy right. is disruptive. Our home is our peace. That's number one. So I have to find somebody that has that energy that's flowing with the current. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, It did take me some time, because at first, I, I, you know, I used to despise, and I still have a dislike for uh, broken home families. Right. But I do understand that, you know, that doesn't have to affect the child negatively always, you know, what right. I'm depending upon the parent that they live with. But um, so now just knowing who I am and finding my power personally and as a mother, that's what helped me to know, like, OK, this is how I want to date people with a son in my life like I tell him things like should nobody be in my bedroom like I'm very transparent with him I yeah. just, like, you know like so he know I want yeah, him so he be on it too huh yeah, yeah for sure. I want him to look at those things and be able to remember like 
I remember when I was a uh, when I was a little boy, my mom she used to always tell me, you know, a man should treat a woman like this, or a woman shouldn't do this, or a woman should treat a man like that. You know, I want him to. That's major. Him. That's major. My mom used to do the same thing. Like she, like you know, a lot of a lot of girls that like anybody, any girl that ever came to my house, you know, was a, was a surprise. Like my mom, like, I'll leave that door open. I'll let me know who she's not <laughs> one of them moms that's like, oh, your son can do whatever. Like she was, right. she was on that. Like, oh, like who who's that? And uh, I need to meet their mom. I need to leave the door open. It's a time limit. Y'all too close in there, all that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I feel you. Yes, most certainly. So, yeah, I'm on the I'm on the uh, bandwagon now for stepdaddies because that's the route we got to go. But I, I, I'm rooting for them because you can find people. There are people in the world who really, truly will love your child or your children genuinely, wholeheartedly. They're really genuine, nice people. You know what I'm saying? And you can find those, it's those type of people, especially if that's what you um, set out to do. You're not settling for people. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't like being alone. And yeah, that's real. That's real. Yeah, and then, I mean, problem. that can make you, that can make somebody desperate too. They might get the wrong thing. You know what I mean? You're too yeah. lonely. You might be searching for something that you don't need right now. But I mean, I think, you know, just working on yourself anyway, you know what I mean? Working uh -huh. on yourself is major anyway. That's going to attract whatever vibe you need. For sure, for sure, definitely. So, do you have any siblings or? Yeah, on my uh, on my father's side, I got um, I got brothers and sisters on my father's side. Um, on my mother's side, I got one sister. Uh, the brothers and sisters that I have on my father's side, uh, we didn't grow up together. Uh, we knew of each other, um, okay. but we didn't grow up together. But I got one sister on my father's side, four brothers. Um, but um, they're all younger than me. Um, the closest okay. in age, I believe, my oldest brother is three years younger than me. Um, but he's locked up right now. Uh, AJ, uh, free my brother, AJ, but, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we don't, we don't really talk too much. Um, and that's, uh, that always made me feel weird too. I mean, I guess about, um, mm -hmm. others, my me, me just knowing my siblings because the first time I really met them, I think I was like, well, matter of fact, if you, um, the love for me track, if you look at the love for me track, mm -hmm. uh, if you go to the love for me track, I made the single art, my, uh, a childhood picture. So it's me in the background. You can see these kids in front of me. Um, you'll see my two little brothers and my little sister, uh, right there in front of me on, on the track. Um, those, those are my siblings right there that I'm talking about right now. But um, that was one of the first times that we met. That's that picture, you know, mm -hmm. that love for me picture. So the first time right. we met, um, you know, they brought them over, and then we were all just, you know, walking outside, and they just walking up to me like, "Hey, big brother," you know, it was just, it was a vibe. But it was like I was unused to it. I was used to being the only child. Yeah. Like, I had to learn how to be alone. I had to learn how to do for myself. I had right. to know that, you know, when I go in the house, I don't have a sibling to play with. Ain't nobody playing the game with me. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a auntie that grew up kind of a couple years older than me but you know she she was a girl she got into her own things you know we grew up kind of like siblings but um it wasn't the same you know so um with that i didn't um uh, i don't feel like i got the vibe that i kind of wanted you know when i mm -hmm. saw people interact with their brothers and sisters but um when we did when we did meet it was all love and every time we interacted it was all love but it was real scattered with all of us but we uh me and my brothers um they end up playing sports too. So, um, you know, football, uh, I've seen them, you know, they clips on football. Uh, my so brother and Gary, your siblings, uh, what they, they, uh, they grew, they started off in Gary. Um, okay. so with, with them being a Gary though, you at least got to see them from time to time. It just, was well, just dependent. That's why I say it was, it was kind of scattered, you know, just depending uh -huh. on what was going on at the time and stuff like that, you know, depending right. on what, you know, who was bringing them over, you know, my relationship right. that my mom had with my pops, all of that, you know, so it, it yeah. just depended, you know, so, 
Um, not really. It wasn't. It wasn't too often. And then they end up moving to Michigan, and then that's when they, you know, they got older, and you know, it's just the contact kind of fell off. But right, right. Um, I saw, I saw my sister not too long ago, and uh, we kicked it. But yeah, it was um, with growing up like that. It was to me. It was. It was. It was kind of strange. And as far as the energy, because I, I really put a lot of trust into my friends. My friends became my brothers. You know what I'm saying? My, mm -hmm. you know, the people I was just hanging with every day, and you know. When when a friend betray you and you feel like you know that's your brother, you know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's a different feeling when you you're the only child and you putting somebody in that place of a sibling as opposed mm -hmm. to somebody that's actually being a sibling. So you know that's that's kind of my vibe on it. But yeah, my um you know I got love for all my siblings, you know, um on both sides. But um I grew up my little sister, uh, I grew up with her a little more. I kind of raised her, but um yeah, every everything was was basically like that. But yeah, I got I got I got siblings on both sides. Mm -hmm. I want to say real quick, um, because it's funny the way that you were explaining uh, what you guys being all scattered around. My dad uh, is from Milwaukee, so um, majority of my siblings uh, are from Milwaukee, and I actually lived in Milwaukee at a point in time. And um, then when we came back to Gary, it was me and my mom, and then we have older sister on my dad's side and then I have my sister Levita who's middle and then we have a younger sister but she was still in Milwaukee and what I what actually brought us together was another family member that's how we we knew that we had siblings but yeah we were young we were kids so we didn't have no ways of getting in contact with each other but we had aunties who were very adamant about uh, their brother kids getting together. And so that's how we would get together. They would get them a bus ticket from Milwaukee. They would come that's how I beat them aunties, boy. That's where. And it was really crazy, though, because I know you was mentioning something about playing sports in your siblings. But what's really crazy is that my older sister, the oldest, she's the oldest girl. And then we got the oldest boys. But, yeah, the oldest girl, she... And my middle sister went to the same high school together and didn't even know that they were, so they knew each other, but they didn't know that they were sisters until maybe about the senior year, junior That's year. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I just had to say that real quick. But um, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Even though you didn't live with your siblings, do you feel having siblings can sometimes help with the influence of peer pressure in a positive way? Uh, Yeah, I guess depending on the relationship you have with your siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, and plus, um, you know, you know, you go through stuff with your siblings, you know, certain fights, certain arguments. So when you get out in the real world, you kind of know how to interact and, you know, certain things don't bother you as much. Cause like, you know, when I got into certain things out in the world in the hood and stuff like that, you know, it, uh, it, uh, kind of translate to an anger problem basically. Cause it's like, I go to 10 because I don't, you know, I don't do the argument. I'm, I'm, it's just me most of the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, we arguing, it's like, okay, obviously I got to go to 10. We get mad right now. I don't really know the in-between, you know, I don't know the levels to this. I know how to really conversate with people or, you know, how these hold, hold these conversations to where, you know, we can get to a certain point to where it's over with, you know? So I feel like you, you're more prepared to deal with commotion and stuff like that. When you got siblings, you're more prepared yeah. to deal with other people's emotions because you got to deal with that every day. So. Okay. That's a good way of viewing it. Definitely. Um, if you could remember, uh, what was some of the favorite childhood things that you used to do in the G, like um, sports or going to the parties or? Uh, yeah, sports. all of that. Um, parties. Um, just uh, I played, I played bitty basketball. Um, I grew oh. up playing Midtown. Um, then I went to Glen Park to play. Um, 
uh, theme of my team was Tomorrow's Future Players. Um, we played Glen Park. Uh, that's why I met a lot of the people I started growing up with. Okay. Um, actually, my my active manager right now, uh, Thomas Pierce. Uh, that's that's basically where we we started kicking it and where we met. You know, okay. uh, playing bitty basketball. Then we went to Pulaski playing basketball. So um, then when I got to Pulaski, I started playing football, and um, that's when that kind of took over my interest. Um, uh-huh. I grew up loving basketball because that's how we used to play growing up. Like, just like I said, I used to play that like all day. Right. Once I got a court, it was like, you know, everybody, that was kind of the the way everybody bonded. Like, we would link up and then, you know, if a court out, we'll be walking around. If it's a court, if it's a court out, no matter what you're doing, you're going to stop and play basketball. So right. you right. meet a lot of people like that and then you create a community like that as well. So mm-hmm. um, that's what I remember about growing up. And then, um, like I said, getting into football, just in high school and mm-hmm. just, uh playing sports the the pep rallies just the the yeah. just everything about it like i i really i really miss that feeling too but um, <laughs> right it was very nostalgic growing up in the g yeah yeah it's, it's just every everything you can run into just even uh you know the drill team competitions you know we used to go to drill yeah. team competitions everybody mm-hmm. got their best dressed on you know everybody just coming out to see people you know you, oh, you, right. had, to, right. you had to fight you had everything i mean it's not i don't i don't miss fighting i don't miss you know all that crazy shit but i mean it's like that's that's what it was you know you know it's gonna be a fight you know it's gonna be people gonna be dressed down they're gonna be trying to dress their best people people gonna you're gonna run into everything when you go to these events, you know. And Miller, they used to have the concerts, it was the fourth of July and all of that. When these boys to men, they have every they have all type of stuff everywhere in the gym, you know. It wasn't you know at Clark, those little concerts they used to have. Yeah, yeah, they used to have so much stuff for us when we was younger. We had the steelheads, the the basketball team. Right. Yeah, I just like there's there's a lot of shit that was like, man, I, I really feel like you know this this is this is the g you know and i i know a lot of people forgot about it a lot of people never seen it but you yeah. know we really you know we really had something back then definitely and i'm glad you said this is the g because we show have a podcast show coming up a group podcast show coming up called this is the g where we definitely elaborate more on what it's like growing up in the g being in the g coming from the g doing things in the g so yeah that's dope yeah, but um, I wanted to ask you uh, because you you were saying you mentioned, and I gotta let my son listen to this part of the interview, if no other part, because you were mentioning how you that's where you grew to uh get your life learned friends basically, um, and a community from was through sports. Because right now my son is at a young age; he's only nine, but he's like, I'm not. He don't want to do sports, and he's like. I think that the coaches are just mean. They're hard on you. I don't want to get hurt. This, that, and the third. And I'm being his dad trying to explain to him, like, nah, son, it's way more to sports than just that. Like, you know, you you can yeah. just throw a bond with these people. And even your uh your your uh coaches become like, you know, family or or extra support team. Definitely. Yeah, so that's good though. Um, that most people coming from where we can't come from had that opportunity because like you mentioned the bitty ball that's like for those who don't know the listeners uh bitty ball is basically like a what, community basketball for anybody. yeah it's like you know it's like a basketball league for you know up and coming uh kids that want to learn how to play basketball so it's, you know start a league and then it grow right it grow from there so you know all the people that you know, came up from Gary or most places, they have some type of league like that to develop the kids into right. these basketball players and we see in high school and college. I like that. That's what they need. I, I like, I mean, I know that this has been around for so long, but I'm just saying, like, 
to just know where the generation is now and where, you know, our children are now, the things that we see, like, that's the type of stuff that makes me happy to know that we still have those type of things going on in the hood or going on in the inner city where they can have to go to. Yeah. Now, sure. this question a little bit because we actually went to school together for a few in elementary. Yeah. Um, what all schools did you attend in Gary? I know you said Pulaski. Yeah, I went to um I went to Bethune uh for preschool. Shit, we can start there. <laughs> um I went to Carver after that, then I went to Pulaski, and then I went to Roosevelt. Okay, Zell, shout out Zell. Oh yeah, for sure, two five, you know. Yes, definitely. And for the listeners who don't know, Roosevelt is like one of the oldest, if not the oldest, high school in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> so yeah, the oldest, you know, you can say oldest, we can say best, you know. Some some you know, some people some people say different things. Well, you know, you never know. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so would you say that you see a big difference now in the school systems with the youth versus when we were going to school? The school system say that one more time, I'm sorry. Would you say that you see a, a big difference in the school systems with the youth versus like when we were going to school? Uh yeah. Um I guess it's just a different culture. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I can't really put my finger on exactly what it is, but from a parent standpoint, uh, -huh. uh the the shit they be doing as far as like like math, like they trying to teach them how to do multiplication and division, like Oh, the, yeah. my daughter showed me something one day like I'm like what is this like this how y'all do mm -hmm. this how you try to get to the answer like they, right. they seem like they trying to confuse them or something I don't know but the <laughs> curriculum is crazy it's, yeah. that's, that's what I that's all I can say like the, yeah. curriculum, like, the way they do this now I don't I would have been looking a little crazy but um you know she catching on she doing her thing but Definitely. yeah I, I looked at that I tried to help her with some some multiplication one day and I don't know what they was doing with them numbers right. you know? it was just <laughs> They got the answer, you know. The answer was right, I guess, but uh, I don't know how they got the right, right. So you, you are girl dad. How, how is it? Because you only have two girls. So how is it being a girl dad? Uh, it's dope. Um, to me, um, like I said before, I operate uh, from the standpoint of the conversation. Um, just talking to them more. Um, right. not trying to be, because even you know, being a father, you you don't really have to do much to, to try to, I mean, if you, you don't need to try to put fear in your children, but like, let's say you wanted to raise your voice. I mean, you don't have to raise your voice that much being a dad, you know, your voice has a certain base in it. You know, you don't have to scream. You don't have to do much for them to get your, for you to get their attention, you know? So that conversation for you to have, you know, this bravado and, you know, uh, vibrato and talk to, to your children a certain way is like, okay, you know, when they when you talking to them about life lessons and, you know, mm -hmm. OK, how was your day? You know, uh, how you feeling? You know, it's, it was it's times where, you know, I talked to my kids and I could have, let's say I heard something wrong and I'm sitting in my room, you know, and I'm, I'm yelling at her because I thought she said something she didn't. I thought she did right. something she didn't. So I apologize. So yeah. that shocked, you know, that shocked my children. They'd be like, well, oh, OK, you know, it's OK, daddy. You know, you don't you don't have to say that, you know, because they, they don't okay. they. You know, but but they get used to hearing that, you know, because it's times where I make mistakes, you know, but I yeah. don't 
brush it off to where it's nothing. I don't brush right. it off to where they don't have feelings. So um, I love that, you know, I love the fact that I can connect with my daughters like that to where, you know, when they come home from school, they tell me everything, anything that happened, anything that almost happened, you know, I don't have right. to really ask them much, you know, so because we have that, you know, we have that open dialogue to where they know uh -huh. they, they don't have to, it's not to the point to where you're about to get in trouble, you know, at, at any, at anything or at any rate, you're about to get taught a lesson, you know, so yeah. if you did it, make a mistake, as long as it's not a repetitive mistake, you know, we mm -hmm. can really talk about that, you know what I'm saying? So they know where the line is too, you know, as far as, you know, me being stern and me actually raising them as a parent, but, you know, to me talking to them more and, um, uh, being able to connect with them on that level, uh, that's that's the best thing I can ask for. So me being a girl dad, I just, I want that open, you know, for, because a lot of women that say they don't feel safe, you know, they don't feel like they have a safe space to where they can talk to people. And, you know, a lot of women grew up that didn't, didn't have a dad or a male figure that they can confide in to where, you know, it's not getting to the point to where it's anything sexual or anything more than what right. they what they really looking for besides you know just a shoulder lean lean on or somebody to talk to so i feel like you should have a, your father should be that person that's that first mm -hmm. man that you have in your life the first man that you you know you actually love and you I know love. take care of you so i want to be that you know so i that's 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 what i strive to be so i love it you know and and mm -hmm. and, and less words you know but yeah, yeah. So. quick quick question important question i just it just came to me when you were talking um, let me see how I can put this. Um, okay. You were with your wife. I'm not sure if you guys were married before you had uh, your first child or not. But when you did have your firstborn daughter, did you see that change you a little more towards your wife? Like, did it? help the relationship in a more positive light versus how you handle a deal with your wife now that you had like this little bitty daughter that was so precious you know looking up to you if that makes sense yeah um that's a good question i feel like i i operated like um because to me i try to operate true to myself before anything just so i can be honest in each situation Mm -hmm. uh as best as i can so you know i try to ask myself is this really what i want to do just like me getting married like it was like okay you know a lot of people you know a lot of people will make that jump and do things like that at a certain age and be you know ashamed or you know feel like they have to hide it or whatever like that but to mm -hmm. me i made decisions and i tried to base it off me so like when i when i did have a child you know um I was in college and no, we weren't married yet. So when, when I were, when I was, when she was pregnant, um, I was in college and I was, you know, three, four hours away and, um, mm -hmm. she was here in Gary. So I had to, you know, drive back and forth for doctor's appointments. It was, you know, snowstorms, all of that, you know, I was driving through all of that, you know, in the old 98, uh, 1998, 98 Oldsmobile. Um, I had a whole bunch of car trouble. Like it was, I could tell you crazy stories about that, but you know, anyway, <laughs> Um, yeah. So to me, um, as far as our relationship, um, yeah, um, to me, it, it, I, I feel like it brought us closer because we had to have, um, more in-depth conversations, if you feel me on that, um, because we have to talk about, you know, 
how we wanted to raise our children, you know, certain beliefs we had, certain beliefs we thought we had, you know, religion, you know, um, you know, we had to talk about everything, you know, so um, we had to have those hard conversations. And in those moments, you know, I found that I could talk to her about, you know, anything I could, I could tell her anything that I feel, you know, and we can talk about it and it can be a decision made, you know, based off, you know, whoever the most, uh, conscious or you know trustworthy person as far as their opinion in that situation so I trust her on on that and she trusts me you know and then she trusts me to be the head of the household so at the end of the day um I know we both making the right decision so um so I got that close to her based on us having a to say that it was the only reason not to say i mean i don't know if we would have got that close or whatever if we didn't i don't know you know because you know you can't tell the future whatever because i feel like i connected with her on that level too but i can't say that you know after we had a child you know you got to have more in-depth conversations if you want to be that type of parent you know some people don't you know but since we had those conversations i was able to connect with her on that level um yeah a lot of things did change and i feel like it changed for the better so that's dope, yeah. Okay, well, we've been getting real deep. <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice going out. All right, so we've been getting real deep in your life, and I appreciate you for being transparent, and I think this is going to help a lot of the listeners because I'm sitting here taking notes about the relationship aspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this popping artistry you got going on. How long have you been rapping? Man, uh been rapping since... I was seven years old. Oh, wait. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But I was writing. Um, my first rap I wrote was uh, when I was at Carver. I was in, I don't know, that lady named the art teacher. She had us write something for Christmas. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to write a rap. So oh my God, I was thinking um, about the art teacher the other day. I can't remember her name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember her name at all. She was um, blonde, right? She was yeah, not yeah, yeah, that yeah, makeup yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the makeup, you already know. Facts, that's exactly what it, it is. It was cool. I wonder where she, I hope everything is all good. Yeah, yeah, me too, for sure. Yeah. So you said you wrote your first rap in there, huh? Yeah, wrote my first rap in there. Um, yeah, it was it was uh it was pretty corny, you know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> shit, it was it was cool to me. So uh, it was so cool to me. I just Dope. she gave me an A, so I just I kept writing. Um, okay. I went from went from there. Um, I started uh, just writing more raps uh, in my neighborhood, just going around with uh, my friends and just you know certain freestyles, just us you know playing battle rap and stuff like that. And then um, uh, one of my uncle's closest friends, um, he took me to the studio. So he had a studio in his basement, and he lived like a couple houses down. So uh, we went down there. Um, I was like, I don't know, I might have been like ten or eleven years old. Uh, we went down there, um, me and my guy, uh, Bobo, uh, Nathaniel Bobo, R.I.P. to my guy, Bobo. Um, yeah, um, we went down there, we did our first song, uh, we did it about jerseys, you know, people was wearing a lot of jerseys back then, so we was just rapping about NBA jerseys and stuff like that. And then we did a song about guns, so we was trying to do a song about guns, and, um, you know, we was young, just trying to talk (laughs) shit. About gun violence, y'all was talking about. Yeah, like it was, it went from jerseys to guns fast, you know, I ain't gonna lie, so we, uh, <laughs> I was trying to write that, so my mom, like I said, my mom was very involved, so she, okay. uh, okay. she was like, uh, okay, what's this song, so she, I, I let her hear the song, she was like, okay, well, you're not rapping that, so my verse, I had to trash that, 
she made me write something like it damn near was like some Martin Luther King educational type right. shit. Like it was, it was, it was, I don't know, but it was, it was cool, but it wasn't for that song. So people, people in the hood talked about me. It was, it was crazy. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> Trendsetters. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. You, when, you basically always had a love for music. Sorry. Yeah. But what can you say caused or inspired that love or that passion that you had for music? Um, I just, I mean, just listening to music, uh, my mom, uh, she did poetry. So, um, I can remember finding some of her poetry books and it was like some of the deepest words I ever, I ever read, you know yep. what I mean? So I just, I was like, yeah, I want to write like that one day. So that's what made me work on my craft and made me work on my wording and right. try to really listen to English class and learn these, you know, double entendre and what is an adjective, what is a verb, what is, a, you know, just mm -hmm. how, how do I do these things and, these, and then put these words together. So, um, yeah, she wrote poetry and she played the flute, you know, she went to Pulaski too, actually, me so. Okay, musical. So, um, so you write all your music? Yeah, yeah, I write, I write everything I do. I mean, unless I mean, it's maybe a time where I do a song with somebody. You know, we collaborate on on the uh, hook mm -hmm. and maybe the bridge. But right. yeah, as far as verses and you know things I do, yeah, I, I do it all. Okay, so do you have a little executive uh producing that you do on your own projects or others? Um, as far as production, uh, no, as far as instrumentation and things like that, no, I haven't, um, put in on any production, but as far mm -hmm. as, um, uh, just, uh, writing or anything like that, um, nah, I mean, um, I haven't linked up with too many, um, artists within the past years. I mean, we, ha we've had sessions with a lot of people, but, um, as far as me writing for people, uh, no. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to write for people more. I would like to, you know, do things like that more, like just yeah. get, get on the ghost writing. Cause it's a lot of things I write that I would like to come out with, but I feel like it's not me. Yeah. But I feel like it, it could be somebody else's. So yeah, I would, I would love right. to do that. Definitely. So how often do you find yourself putting out material? Um, well, uh, lately I've been putting out something like every month. Um, mm -hmm. I've been trying to stay consistent monthly. Um, so yeah, every month I should be putting out something new. Um, in the past, um, I took about a year or two layoff. Um, okay. Uh, with uh, uh, me and the little people, we just, um, like I said, we've just been working on albums. We've been working on mixtapes. We just, we got a vault full of music. And just, you know, as far as promotion and everything goes and putting everything out, it's just a process, you know. And, um, you know, me, um, we decided to, um, you know, just focus on, how we do things individually for right now and then okay. group things uh, whenever we get the chance to. So okay. um, we should be doing more things uh, in the near future as far as the group goes. Uh, but for right now, um, the monthly things that you will be seeing coming out will be uh, uh, just for me, Dre Baker, um, or okay. Dre Baker featuring whoever or, or anything I'm featured on. But um, yeah, the little people um, definitely will be doing some things soon. But um, that two-year layoff, uh, yeah, we just... Uh, just took a break on music. I started, you know, focusing on family, um, just trying to get everything together because I feel like most of the things I write and a lot of things that I uh, put in my music just come from experience and how I live. So, like, just me taking care of the family, me doing things on a day-to-day -day basis, that that goes in my music. So, I feel like, you know, me living more than anything to help out my career. So, that's what I've been doing. But, um, yeah, lately, month to month, yeah, it'll be monthly. So, Okay. All right. So, um, how would you describe, um, 
your style of music with your single projects? Um, I I try not to describe it in a particular way, um, because when I drop singles, I try to give people more of the fields of music that I that I know I'm capable of doing, just so I won't seem or come off as one dimensional. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that. I do so many types of music, you know, I write bangers, I do hip hop, you know, I can do a super lyrical song, you know, I can, you know, we can sing, we do R and B song. It can be, we can write any type of song that, you so know, yeah. Right. So it's, 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 so I want to give everybody all of those feels. So any single that I drop, I try not to connect it too much unless I'm working on a project and warming people up for an album or something like that. But uh, most singles um, are, um ambiguous yep. if you want to put it that way you know it's a lot of definition and a lot of things that i do so mm -hmm. i try not to have it in one lane so i would say okay. all over but lately it's been you know a lot of hip-hop a lot of raw like writing your face storytelling you know right side was a single that i put out that was me trying to tell you know stories from my life um mm -hmm. you know uh love for me that was more of that too you know in a more lyrical way and just speaking on you know more issues in the community and things like that so um like i said i just want to give everybody a different feel each time i drop so that when i do a project and you hear me do different things you'll be like okay he putting it all together you know definitely 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 that's dope so it's just like a freestyle okay so is there like a certain mood you have that you got to set before recording in the studio or you just pretty much rock it out and go with the flow um i try to work off inspiration uh just depending on how i'm feeling in that moment um okay. what type of day i'm having you know depending on how i'm attacked the lab so when i get in there um most of my recording i do at home so i got a you know a studio room well that's where i'm at right now i'm sitting in my studio room doing the interview so like i sit in here and you know play some music run some instrumentals um you know, maybe try to, you know, play some play some instru instruments in here. You know, I got a piano and, you know, a guitar in here. But, you know, that's that's certain stuff I just try to work on on right. my off time. You know, I don't have I haven't done any beats or anything like that. But just me okay. hearing those sounds that get me in a certain mood when I'm in the lab. And then, you right. know, a lot of the words, like I said, come from my experience. So whatever type of day I'm having, that really depend on the mood of the song. Okay. Now, I know you said you started rapping at seven. So how old were you when you released like your first project, EP or single? Um, My first mixtape, I probably was like, well, not my first album. My, yeah, I, was, I was probably like 11 or 12 when okay. I released my first uh, project wow. um, because I started... Once I got introduced to music, um, I got a recording program. Um, mm -hmm. my, one of my uncles gave me a recording program, so I just started recording everything on this computer mic I had. Um, the quality of the music wasn't great, but um, it was a way for me to, you know, get out, get out what I wanted to get out. So I, I learned how to do that. I learned how to make my own album covers and get my CD cases. So I did all of that, put the right. names of the songs on the back, and then I, you know, I went to school and started selling them. So. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. from there, you know, I started dropping stuff from there and then started trying to get in more professional studios from that point. But I always had some a setup at home to work on, right. you know, me just being independent with everything. Definitely. So you can see your growth from then um, to now for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. So who do you have producing and shooting your videos for you? Uh, right now, um, production comes from, you know, all over, you know, just depending on where I want to do it at. Um, okay. The song Right Side, uh, that's actually uh, uh, one of my best friends um, and uh, my engineer, Drew Lil, he made that beat. 
Um, shout out to Drew Lil. He's going to do more. Y'all hear more from him on uh, future projects. But, um, yeah, the production just comes from wherever. Like, you know, if I like a sound, I contact the producer and then I purchase a beat that way. Um, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that. Um, but as far as the videos go lately, um, my guy Mike Judah, um, like the collaboration I've been doing, uh, uh, okay. Lost in Translation. Uh, shout out to uh, Mike Judah. Shout out to that project. Um, hopefully yeah. y'all going to check that out. Um, Audio Mag, SoundCloud. Um, we got singles dropping from that on all streaming platforms uh, soon. But um, right now it's uh, free streaming, so y'all can go check that out. But um, yeah, he's shooting. Uh, Mike Judah has been shooting the last few videos that you've seen. Uh, my right side, the focus, the love for me. Um, yeah, he shot those videos and on the editing. Um, we both collaborate on the editing. So um, I've been trying to learn and dabble in the, pretty much everything I need to do to, you know, like I said, become more independent and, mm -hmm. and, you know, doing my own thing. So I won't have to wait on nobody, you know, cause it's a lot of business and, you know, different things that go on behind the scenes for me to actually release these things that everybody sees. So, um, if I can do more of that on my own and be self-sufficient, I'd rather do that. So yeah, a lot of the things you've been seeing has been a lot more in-house, but, um, right. okay. before then it's been, you know, I've been working with other people, the little people video has been, you know, different people too, but wherever the vibe at, you know, it's really, really no limits to who we work with. Okay, that's good. That's dope. I like to hear that. So the little people is a collaborative group that you're in, right? And who who are you in this group with? Uh, the little people uh, consist of me, Dre Baker, and uh, Asani Hart. Okay, all right, all right. And um, what what was the latest project that you guys put out, the little people? Uh, the latest project we put out, uh, it was about... Uh, was that was like six years ago now, I believe seven. Um, but it was uh, there's something wrong. You can get that on all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, title. Um, but yeah, uh, there's something wrong with this picture. Was the latest project we put out? Okay, okay, dope. And you also collab with artist Mike Judah, correct? Right, right. The one I just brought up, yeah, Mike Judah. Um, okay. Yeah, he. Um, we did a collaboration recently called Lost in Translation. Okay, lost in translation. So, um, how did you guys begin collaborating? Um, me and Mike Judah, is that who you're asking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we began collaborating in high school. Um, I met him my sophomore year, um, at a rap battle. Yeah, I actually used to rap battle in high school, like, okay. used to go to different high schools and battle rap and everything like that. All right, um, shit. undefeated, undefeated. I ain't gonna, you know, okay. I ain't, I ain't gonna hold you. But uh, nah, but yeah, that was that was high school. I don't battle rap no more, but okay. it was fun back then. Um, but yeah, we met in a battle rap. He actually jumped in the battle. Um, it was like different people he was battling. He jumped in the battle. He spit something dope, and then from then on, you know, we yeah. uh, went on and created a group um, in high school. And then from there, you know, it was just a certain chemistry we created in the group in high school. We had five members, um, but uh, me and him had a certain chemistry where we was gonna always kind of do certain tracks on our own. So we wanted to come up with different projects. And um, that's kind of where this Lost in Translation came from. It's, it's kind of years in the making, but, you know, it was just right. time for it to come out, basically. Okay, so, um, and this Lost in Translation project is with you and Mike Judah, for the listeners who didn't catch that. So what would you say from that project is, like, your two favorite songs? Uh, two of my favorites are Focus and Cold Pizza. I, I say those two. I like... Yeah, I like both of those too. I think those might be my um 
my top two as well. Oh, that's dope. So why why do you why is those your your top two? Uh, I just like the flow of the songs. Um, okay. Focus, focus is like a certain vibe. You know, when I can listen to that, waking up in the morning, and you know, it put me in a certain mood. You know, it's a certain flow, a certain cadence we got on them songs to where, yeah. you know, it just carries. And um, Cold Pizza, um, I just like the idea behind it. Um, like for the listeners, Cold is spelled. It's not cold. Like C O L D is C O L E. Like Cold off of Martin and uh, Cold mm-hmm. Pizza. We was referencing. Um, the, the episode where they sent him out to get that pizza and then the pizza was cold and it broke. You know what I mean? It was so cold that it broke and shit. So, yeah. Well, um, so the video that come out and, you know, everything that come with that is kind of going to be in that Martin vibe. Um, but it was also, you know, referencing a woman as far as, you know, um, cold pizza, you know, just her giving you the cold shoulder, you know, just you not, you know, stuff like that. So okay. putting all that together, um, you know, I, I like the ideas behind them and just the flows and everything like that. So I feel like those songs put you in a a particular mood and that's why I like those right. the best. Right. Okay. All right. So you just took us behind the scenes of that one. Okay, that's cool. So um before we uh get into um uh, some music with the Lost in Translation, because I'm gonna definitely play some snippets here for the listeners and we're gonna get into those top two favorites that you named. But I do gotta say um I like right side and the visuals for that video is crazy. I appreciate it for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then um Love for Me, you got your two beautiful daughters featured in that video. I think your creative style is like nuts in a good way. <laughs> oh man, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, no problem. But like I do want to ask you also before I move on to the um Lost in Translation, when did you release um Right Side and uh Love for Me? uh right side came out in october i believe and uh love for me was november okay i think i'm gonna have production pull up right side for me because i want to let the listeners hear a little snippet of that of the right side okay for sure let's tune in definitely and while we got production pulling that up I, i'm gonna ask you too for that uh love for me video how was uh shooting the video working with your kids like how was that i was dope um actually if you go back um i don't know i believe it was like 2014 2015 uh-huh. um i shot a video called money um it's a song we uh, got called money that's uh, my oldest daughter uh denia she was in that video oh okay so she um she always went um oh. that video was dope you just see her at the beginning playing with her dogs and then she go out to the ice cream truck it was dope so uh we have y'all ever get time go to the uh, little people ppl uh youtube page and uh look up money uh it's a dope video dope song but um yeah working with uh her uh my youngest daughter she saw the video so she always wanted to be in the video ever since then and she you know basically was like it's unfair that she got it she got in the video before me and all of that so yeah, working with them was fun. Um, just directing them and them wanting to do their best. So they did a real good job and I'm proud of them. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's what's up. All right. So production is letting me know we do got right side pulled up. So we're going to go ahead without further ado and get into a little snippet of that. Okay, bet. This is my story. 
Stuck on the corner when I was growing up, mama had no trust in my nigga name. And he was a dope that he smoked through the package, he sold it at such a young age. And when you punch more about his chain, and then they came up on us with a crate. They had the chopper up to chisel face, they left us scratch all up on chisel face. And the heart is came home, I tried to tell you the streets ain't the same. Niggas don't like you, the streets they ain't for you, they just gonna take from you and step on your name. She said, don't hate like they used to hang. That dead boy paranoid, better watch that boy. Just last week, now you think he ain't gonna cop it? Drops on my knees, humble the Lord, I address the most high. How can you take all the rent out the world? We'll still happen to lead a fuck niggas alive. My nigga count with the cough and dry. Hit the block like you do all the time. Off of the teeth, that's where you reside. Kill me to know that you live where you die. God, I cannot shed one and tears where you live. Distance of my loved ones, but I love them. God bless them. Smoking on my side, I don't think that's no pressure. Go for me, so wait it up, there's no measure. Yeah, some significance about the video. You're uh, shooting in one scene. You're in front of uh, what looks like Carver Elementary. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the elementary school. That was my favorite school. I ain't going to lie. Oh, yeah, it was cold, man. People don't understand. You wouldn't know if you you wasn't there, for sure. You had to be there. Mm -hmm. And another significance uh, about the video, the other scene here is um, you sitting on the steps of the of this home what's the significance of that home is it me yeah that's uh that's that's the house i brought up earlier the house we all lived in uh that was my granny house yeah um um on delaware street um yeah actually my uncle still live there yeah actually so okay. yeah he yeah uh so yeah he the house we grew up in is still in the family and everything like that so um but yeah uh shout out to them and uh shout out to my uncle for you know, supporting the video and everything like that. But yeah, that's the house I grew up in from basically when I was born till uh, about 12, 13. And um, that's when I moved, you know, moved when I went to uh, middle school and then I moved a couple of times and then I went into the house that we got built in high school. But yeah, that's that's basically the roots right there. Uh, that's Granny House. That's why I got all my whoopings. That's why I got into all the trouble, all that shit. So yeah, that's 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 the spot right there. Okay, okay, cool. So, see, I told y'all that video, the visuals, the visuals was nuts. So, y'all definitely got to go check that out. For sure. All right, so I want to ask you now that we're getting into the um, the Lost in Translation project that you got here. What was like the the energy working on this project? Uh, the energy was 
crazy. It was all organic. Um, we knew um, we was doing everything in house. Mm -hmm. We was recording everything in house. We was gonna mix. We was gonna, you know, master. We was gonna do everything on our own and try to, you know, see what the people think. And um, I feel like we got a great reaction off of it. But you know, the process of making it um, was really it was effortless. Really, I mean, it was it was all a vibe. You know, every time. Mm -hmm. Me and Mike Judah Link is just, it's always been the same. You know, it's just always the fact that we can just write music. You know, we catch a vibe, we get a certain beat, you know, just a certain, you know, just in a certain mode. And then that's it. You know, we just, we start writing and then we get in the booth and then that's the song. So a lot of the stuff you hear, it didn't take long. It didn't take us days to write it or none of that. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, certain, as soon as you, as soon as we hear certain beats, it's like, okay, I know what belongs on this instrumental. So I'm about to put right. it on there. So. Yeah, right. it, was, it was it was smooth. Yeah, so what was the um was the project a spur of the moment or was it something that was planned? Um this particular project uh was spur of the moment, but as far okay. as us actually having a project was was been planned for years. It's just okay. certain, you know, certain things in life took us in different directions to where we weren't in the same space to where we can both uh record and get in the booth together and do the do do the promotion and everything we've been doing lately. So um it's just it's been years in the making, but this particular project, it was just like, okay, let's let's put this together now. And um, we just gave ourselves a certain timeline, which, you know, um, the process of music, you know, is kind of unpredictable. So we gave ourselves certain timelines and we passed it a few times. You know, I ain't going to lie about that. But um, the benefit of working on your own time is that, you know, you do have a certain space, but you do got to give yourself certain boundaries. And, you know, we end up dropping it uh, when I guess when it was supposed to come out. So. OK. All right. So how did y'all come up with that title for Lost in Translation? Um, actually just out of, you know, um, just out of the, the many things that you can get from the project, just, we tried to give so many different vibes, just like I was saying, like giving you all the things that we can do, the bangers, the, you know, something to slow down, certain tempos, different tempos, faster, different cadences. So, you know, um, it's lost in translation because you can get, you know, you might listen to the project a certain way and you get something from it and somebody else might get a whole story from the project, you know, because mm -hmm. it is stories within it, you know, somebody just might get a whole vibe from it. So when we yeah. start thinking about it, you know, it was something like that. And then also, you know, trying to get a certain acronym, you know, just some something that would sound dope, you know, so lit, that sounds dope, lost in translation. And, you know, I feel like, you know, everything came together how it was supposed to. So, you know, it, it was kind of spur of the moment with the thought of the title but you know most things is kind of like that just trying to come up with something very creative but it actually you know actually explains the project like i said you can get a lot of things from it it was definitely lit <laughs> oh yeah appreciate that and you said that your top two off there was cold pizza and um fire correct focus oh focus focus but fire is fire Don't yes fire Sorry. Yeah, that's that's that was cold. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and get into a little of this cold pizza here that I'm now super excited for the visuals for. For sure, yeah. So, um, like I said, that cold pizza. Um, oh, my bad. Did I cut you off? No, no, you good. Okay, yeah, that cold pizza song. I mean, it was just um. Me trying to reference uh, uh, this episode from Martin when they sent him to get that piece in a blizzard, and then he came right. back, 
you know, in the door, you know, he just, when they opened the door, he was froze, the piece was froze, the piece of broken half. Like, it was a crazy scene. And um, me referencing that, um, in reference to a relationship or you being with uh, your lady and she's giving you the cold shoulder, you know, you're not getting no play or, you know, whatever. So I tried to put that together and then, you know, just come up with something creative in the hood, you know, a certain certain way to sing these words to where people adapt to it. And I feel like, you know, it came out pretty dope. Definitely. I without further ado, let's go ahead and get it to Cold Pizza. Yes, sir. Definitely, that's yeah. that party vibe too. 
Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to give all of that on there, man. I hope everybody get out of that from me. I appreciate that. For sure. Y'all got the lituation going on on this mixtape. Oh, yeah, for sure. How many songs is on the uh, on the lit mixtape, by the way? Uh, it's eight tracks. Okay, we got eight tracks. Eight popping tracks. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into focus because... Um, Cold Pizza got me hyped, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. go ahead and get into focus real quick. We just gonna throw it back, back to back for him. For sure. Yeah. Dope song. Oh yeah, appreciate you. What you say though? What What was the the context behind that very dope song? Focus. Oh yeah, um, yeah, just um, we linked up one day and um, we uh put up this beat and um, we was just listening to it and it just sounded like, you know, just sound like you was, you know, when you're walking on the bike trail or something, you see all these trees around you, just in a certain <laughs> mode, you know, you might got your earphones in your ear and you know you just 
trying to vibe, you know, you might be running, you might be walking, you might be, you know, taking a break from life or whatever, but, you know, you might be trying to hear this at that moment. So you just hear that, that, that flute or, you know, that whistle that you hear in the background, you hear everything that, you know, just come with that. It just puts you in a certain vibe. And it's like, I'm, I've been trying to focus on all this shit I got going. It's like, you just, it's it's life, you know, you've been trying to focus, but it's always something, you know, it's always something going on. It's always something happening. You know, you can, you can do everything right. Right. But then, you know, the bill's still going to come, you know, something going to happen. Your car going to break down, like something going to happen. But you're trying to keep going. You know, we tried to incorporate that and just, you know, most of all, you know, actually doing some good rapping, you know, saying some cool shit, saying some something that people want to say. But, you know, actually putting you in the mode to where you like, OK, I feel that, you know, I didn't live through that, you know. So, Definitely. yeah, focus, you know, it's just kind of more self-explanatory than anything. But, you know, it's, it's real in-depth when you think about it. It's, it's everyday life. For sure. And that beat was cold. I like that. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. So you see yourself dropping something featuring a lady artist, like both hip hop and R&B vibe in the future? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm doing um, I got a couple of songs on my project coming out. Um, got a project dropping in April called Cal um, in, in honor of uh, my best friend that uh, passed, you know, more like a brother to me. Um, you know, the Cal is that's his name, but it's, the acronym stands for Keep Your Love Effortless. Um, so I'm gonna have a few tracks on there. that got that R&B vibe. Hey, and everything, so. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. OK, cool. So you say you're going to have a couple uh lady artists featuring on there yeah um yeah one of them uh yeah my wife she actually sings so oh uh, check her out yeah yeah she dope so um i got a i got a track on there um that um that we've been working on is it's gonna be pretty dope man i can't wait for y'all to hear it. but it's that's actually a all it's like all r&b so can't oh, wait for y'all to hear it. definitely i can't wait i can't wait that's what's up mm-hmm. where do you see yourself in the next three years musically um in the next three years <clears throat> right now i'm just trying to you know build a a core fan base um you know i didn't have fans and you know at times i could feel like i let them down by not you know putting out music or being consistent on you know what what i feel like i need to be doing you know just for me to be that outlet or for me to be that vibe that people want or need i gotta be consistent so um mm-hmm. for me um just being more consistent and creating that fan base to where you know i can travel more and you know do more for the fans you know more merch more more everything but um you know more projects released just you know just just for me to keep going you know because i can't project you know where i would be or you know how many fans i would have or you know me performing in front of millions of people i could say i could say a bunch of things but most of all i just want a core fan base to where you know y'all know i care about y'all and you know i know y'all care about me because you know y'all y'all buying into what i'm doing you know that's that's all coming from the heart so i feel like um you know as long as that i can make that connection that's all i can ask for mm-hmm Okay, so do you find yourself setting musical goals oftenly that you would like to achieve? Yeah, often. Uh often musical life goals, like everyday goals, just you know, my mind just never really stopped working as far as me trying to advance in life and me trying to do more for my family, just everything. So, you know, any hiatus that I've ever taken from music would just been would have been me, you know, trying to get on something different or something mm-hmm. economically, you know, or just anything, you know, just in life, you know. So right. me setting these musical goals, you know, just me wanting to drop albums and me put out projects and singles, you know, at times 
it's just me just battling myself because I want things to be a certain way. I want them to be perfect. You know, I want y'all to get the best 5K video, you know, all of that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, every time it's not going to work like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I got to just, you know, I got to give it to the fans because I know that's what I need to be doing. You know what I'm saying? I can't right. expect the, the most out of everything because everything don't really need that. You know, certain people, you could put certain people in a certain vibe. You don't have to give them all of that. You can give them less, you know what I'm saying? Not purposely, but that's all you got at the moment. And they can feel that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can feel when somebody talking something real, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I just, yeah, that's, that's what, that's why I would like to be. But yeah, me setting goals. Um, I set them and then I just, you know, sometimes I don't reach them. I'll be hard on myself. Sometimes I stress myself out going through shit like that. But, um, to me, um, I've been trying to find a certain piece and, you know, just steady working as long as I'm trying to write, as long as I'm trying to do something, I feel like I can always be ready to put out some material. So, um, me getting better and me being hard on myself can be stressful, but, um, I think it's for the better as far as my career. So me setting goals is beneficial. Right. Well, the creative is always working, obviously. And um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> but you're the, good. You're good. The creative is always working. Like you said, you know, you might take a little break here and there, but it's always to better your family or, you know, set some more core uh, values into place, things like that. But like the creative is always working. So mm -hmm. that's uh, And that's what I was going to say. You're an artist, so you're sensitive about your shit. That's why you want to put out, you know, you always looking to try to put out the best or, you know, overdo yourself, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I can definitely understand that and relate, if you will. Um, but do you feel like you made your mark in this world yet? Um, I wouldn't say that. I guess... I guess to the people that matter matter most to me, I can say I've I've left a certain mark in their life to where they would they would never forget me. But um as far as the mark I would like to make, um right. I feel like I know my capacity and I know the capacity of others around me and others that I've you know encountered in life. And I feel like, you know, everybody life has to have a certain balance. You know, everybody can't be a leader, everybody can't be you know, the person on top, the person that wake people up, stuff like that. But, you know, I feel like I have certain capabilities that I haven't tapped into, you know, certain mm -hmm. things that I haven't done. So the mark I want to leave, no, you know, but I feel like the people that love me, you know, you know, I love them. So um, for that, you know, I can feel like I've been fulfilled on that on that standpoint. But right. for what I want to do for me, nah, you know, not even close. Yeah, but you feel like you made your mark on the ones that's close to you in your life, your loved ones. Yeah, yeah, I can I can say that. Great. That's good. I mean, you know, that's all you got at the end of the day is that character and that word, you know, that you show. So definitely that's good that you made your mark on the, on your people, you know. So that's your mark there, but um who are some Gary artists that you wouldn't mind collabing with? Man, so many. Um shit, I don't know, forgive me if I leave anybody out. Um mm -hmm. You know, uh, D Brown, G Scott, uh, shout out, uh, G Kobe. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's so many. Um, mm -hmm. Jerry, we just did one with Jerry, uh, Jerry from Gary. Um, okay. Um, yeah, yo, son, I mean, um, Really, anybody, I mean, really, I mean, honestly, I don't, it ain't even, it wouldn't even do it justice to even name too many people, 
but you know i just feel like Open. i would i would i would collab with anybody energy it's, it's not right. even a limit to it i feel like you know we need to work more together we need to do more things together like even if it's you trying to collaborate and build chemistry with somebody you probably never thought you would do a feature with you know what i'm Definitely. saying like uh racks you know loom um like you know and those features that's overdue uh just is it's so many features that I should have, you know, just been did. Uh, uh, Anthony Brady, Deloso, um, um, who else? Uh, just, I mean, whoever. I mean, CJ. I mean, whoever. Right. Like, uh, That's good. Uh, though, that you open. CJ so cool. CJ. Uh, CJ the fly. Um, um, CJ so cool. He be rapping. Yeah, he done, he done did, he done did songs, you know, um, okay. I, I guess he don't do it too much no more, you know, but right. like I said, I mean, whoever, you like I said, Gibbs for sure, you know, like uh -huh. I said, whoever, whoever from the G, you know, I like the people that came up, text, uh, text, text the message, like I, you know, that's, that's a, that's a rapper from the G that I looked up to, uh, coming up, you know, just as far as rapping and the way he put his words together, like big, big shout out to him, like, you know, just finds me stepping my game up rapping. Like it was a lot of a lot of that shit due to what I heard on his tracks. Like I was like, damn, like I need to I need to do something better. So yeah, he he been doing his thing for a while. But um yeah, it's 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 whatever artist, whatever artist out there would like to work with me, you know, I work with them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's so that's to me that's limitless. That's dope that you open to working with and collabing with different people or networking. That's good. That's dope. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Cause you got to be open. I mean, as long as you're transparent, and you know, it ain't no weird shit going on when we link up. You know what I'm saying? Like we good. You know? <laughs> right. So, is there anything else besides music that you've been working on these days? Um. Yeah. Um. I I want to dive into a lot of stuff like acting and um comedy and just whatever. Like if you look at a lot of my older videos, like you know, we done did comedy skits. We done did whatever you know just whatever type of acting because you know i like i watch a lot of movies i've always wanted to just do something in that vein so i feel like um if i can do more of that you know talking to people and you know getting stuff out there like different scenes and scenarios i like i like to write different scripts and just you know i don't i haven't done anything as far as um recorded it yet but I, yeah i've been like writing a lot of treatments and trying to get stuff together camera wise um like i said i've been working on a video thing i want to get behind the camera more and um you know see what i would want you know just from another angle um so you know doing that more has gotten me to be more creative um you know i've been trying to invest in myself more buying different things to just get into the beats more and just whatever like whatever it takes so i've, I've been working on basically every every aspect that it takes for me to just be able to be independent you know and if not completely or solely independent because you always need a team you know i'm not saying yeah. i want to just be that much of an individual but huh. when i do connect with somebody you can know what you're looking for because you've done it yourself you know what i mean right right right, right. but for now that's good though that you said like you know that you you would like to um expand into a team mm. yeah definitely um but right now everything is more so independent yeah, right now that's the vibe. But yeah, yeah. I, I would love to network and just do more with whoever, you know, whoever willing. Yes. Okay. All right. So sometimes I play a game with my guests at the end of the show. For you, I switched it up since you're also a part of a group. We're going to do this or that. It's a hip hop edition. It's a group edition um, where you only have three seconds to answer each this or that. You good with that? 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I guess. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we gonna go. Um, we gonna go black sheep with dress and Mister, or the dog pound with corrupt and Daz Dillinger. You gotta say it one more time. Don't count my three seconds. Go one more time. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. So black sheep, and that's members dress, dress, and Mister. And or the dog pound, and we got corrupt and Daz Dillinger. Uh, dog pound. Yeah, I I love my buddy corrupt, but okay. Uh, DJ Jazz, uh, Jazzy Jeff, and the Fresh Prince, or Black Star, which was a uh, most deaf and Talib Kweli. Black Star. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we got a uh, dead presidents with Stickman and M One, or the Clips with Pusha T and Malice. Damn, uh, I'm gonna go clips just because that's how I came up, but yeah. I just that's crazy, but yeah, okay. So we got eight ball MJG or UGK. Damn, <laughs> I don't know. A low key, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, I, I mean, eight ball, I gotta get him a shout out because I, I played him hella, but UGK, UGK that's legendary, so I, I don't know. UGK. Okay, UGK. All right, so last one Eric B and Rakim or uh, MOP with Lil Fame and Billy Danes. Okay, so we got Eric B and Rakim or MOP, Lil Fame and Billy Danes. Eric B and Rakim. All right. All right, it's been more than real here tonight on Going Deeper with your girl and our special guest star, Dre Baker. For sure, for sure. I appreciate you having me. Uh, shit, we can do this shit anytime, man. I'm I'm willing to, uh, you know, talk to whatever. And, uh, yeah, shout out to the next show y'all doing. Uh, hopefully, I can be involved in that, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm going to definitely be hitting you up about that after we get off of here so that we can um, get you scheduled. But um, I, I also want to thank you. Thank you for joining me in tonight's podcast. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for listening to dope music. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Yes. Uh, I really enjoyed you as a guest. I can't wait to have you back. I look forward to all the new projects that you got coming out. Um, you know, your monthly drops that you informed us of. And I want to let you know that I am a fan of your music and your artistry. So we definitely going to have to work together musically real soon. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Big love. Yeah, we, uh, we'll do that. We're going to talk about that later after the show. But, yeah. Okay. But I also want you to um, go ahead and um, let the listeners know before we get out of here how, did they, how they can um, check your music and everything on all platforms that you're on. And also letting them know um, your pages, your business pages and things if they want to go ahead and follow you for more information. Okay. Um, yeah, if y'all want to see me on Facebook, that's Dre Baker, D-R-E, uh, Baker, B-A-K-E-R. Um, on uh, anything else, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, that's at uh, Real Dre Baker. Um, same thing, R-E-A-L, Dre Baker. Um, you can find me on anything like that. And um, as far as the little people, um, if you want anything visual, any visual content, you can get that. Um, on YouTube, uh, just type in the little people, spell people, PPL, um, always PPL. Uh, so you can get any visual content on YouTube that way. And uh, yeah, on every social media platform, it's the little people, people spell PPL. 
uh, yeah, big shout out to the group. Big shout out to everybody. And uh, again, thanks for having me. It's all love always. Check me out as soon as y'all can, man. Dre Baker, appreciate it. Definitely. All right, no problem. So um, before we go ahead and get out of here, I want everybody to know to stay tuned at the end of the show for more following platforms. And it has been real. Until next time, peace and blessings manifesting unto you. Dre, go ahead and tell the listeners, peace out, man. All right, man. See y'all later, love. All right. Peace. of your own and don't know where to start download the anchor app it's a free app that allows you to record on your mobile device or your laptop also gives you those editing tools and it allows you to record your own podcast or do some podcast listening to others shout out to anchor for giving us this platform and download anchor.fm to get started today bottom line you be going deep with your girl neek on another interview podcast where it's always safe to speak. Make sure you follow platforms listed for special guests. Don't forget to share, like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. Join us next time, and always don't forget to shop at www.shopyourbossmeet.com. Follow all business 
social media, Facebook, Boss Meet by Meek, Instagram, Boss Meet Beauty Bar. Am I going deeper with Unique with Facebook and Twitter? Until next time, family, get your mind right. Peace.